Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 4. Today is Vision Sunday. What I'm doing today is I am, I'm casting the vision for Foreigner House of Prayer. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it this morning that if you've been with us before for a Vision Sunday, you already know the points of my message. You already know where I'm going to go, be going with this because the vision of Foreigner House of Prayer hasn't changed. But I am going to come at it from a little bit different perspective this morning um, because I just... I saw this and it just resonated with my heart, and I thought, Lord, this is this is the way we need to do this this morning is uh, is preach this through John chapter four today. I will say I have um, if you want a detailed bulleted list of the vision of Four Hundred House of Prayer, I have that for you this morning in a in some, a Google Drive. I would love to share that with you. It has tons of scripture and resources and clearly illustrates. Uh, everything I'm going to be saying this morning in much more detail, because I believe it's good to know the details, but I also believe the vision of the church should be so simple that my fifth grade daughter can declare it to any person like, yeah, I know what my church is about, and she can just tell us plainly. And so this morning, we're going to talk about these four points. Many of you know them, but if you look at me, look with me in John chapter four, some of you know this story. It's, it's the story of the woman at the well. And here's Jesus and his disciples, and they're on their way to a destination, and they come to this area called Samaria. If you know anything about Samaria, Samaria um, the Jews hated the Samaritans, hated them, didn't like them, um, went out of their way to avoid them. Like the shortest way to get where they were going was to go through Samaria, and most Jews would go all the way Around, you know how this is. You guys ever been in Walmart before and see somebody you don't want to talk to? You've been there? You're walking through the store and you see someone like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, no. And you just walk as fast as you can, hope they didn't see me. And then you turn down the next aisle and there they are. Oh, hey, Brennan. No, I love seeing Brennan. Right? I think to me what's more awkward is when you see someone in the store and you talk for a little bit and then you say goodbye and then you run into them again five minutes later and then you're like, we already talked. Still good to see you, buddy. That awkward moment like where we're trying to just avoid people and that's what the Jews would do to Samaria. They would avoid this region because they didn't like the Samaritans and the Samaritans didn't like them and they had their separate ways of doing everything they had their separate ways of worshiping they had their separate temples they had their separate everything and when Jesus he's on this journey he actually says to his disciples hey we're going to go straight through this area that most Jews avoid and when they get there it tells us that Jesus was weary and so he sits down next to this well and the disciples they go into town to find some food. If you look at verse number seven, it says, A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. 
for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink from me, a woman of Samaria, for the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans? Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Our first point of the vision for Foreigner House Prayer is simply this, know God. Know God. And you've heard this over and over again, probably if you've been for any time. And if you haven't, welcome. We hope you stick around. and You're going to hear this many, many times. Know God. It's important for us as a church to catch a vision together. Have you ever tried to um, carry furniture with somebody before? And, and they didn't have the same plan of carrying that furniture as you? And you were heading maybe in generally the same direction, but maybe not, maybe not exactly the same direction. <laughs> Makes it a little more difficult, right? Well, here, as a congregation, as a church, we believe God is pointing us in a direction. And if we all understand the direction we're carrying together, it makes everything so much easier. When we corporately catch a vision for what the Lord wants to accomplish, did you know we can transform a region? We all just together, I love it, on the day of Pentecost, they were sitting there, and they were one mind and one accord, and that's when the Holy Spirit fell. How amazing is that? If we can just all catch the vision together, and I don't think anyone would disagree with this, that the world needs to know the Lord. The world needs to know the Lord. In fact, every area of ministry that Foreigner House does should point others, and even ourselves, to know the Lord and make him known. I'm reminded of a song we used to sing years ago, like the, the all it said, how did it say, all of life comes down to just one thing, and that's to know you, oh Jesus, and to make you known. I sobbed many, many a tears to that song, like, I just want to know you, Lord, and make you known. And can I tell you, the truth of is, is this, is that when we come to the Lord, we come just as we are. Some of you know that old song, just as I am, right? It's true that when we come to the Lord, we come just as we are. This woman came to Jesus at the well just as she was. And in this story, she's coming in the middle of the day, the heat of the day. This is not when most women would come to the well to draw water. When would they usually come? In the morning when it was cool, in a crowd for safety. And, and that was the time to catch up on the latest news and the gossip and things like that. But this woman is coming alone in the middle of the day because she's an outcast. And at this point in the story, we don't know why necessarily she's an outcast yet. But here she is. She's coming to Jesus. And she's coming just as she is. But let me tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, that when we, we come to Jesus as we are, but the reality is when we encounter him, we encounter him on his terms. You may come just as you are, but you encounter him on his terms. And what we want this place to be, when we gather in here on Sunday morning, what we want is create an atmosphere where anyone can come to know the Lord. Where anyone can know God. As we were worshiping this morning, we were worshiping and declaring who God is. Because we want people to know who he is. Even this morning as I'm delivering the sermon on the vision of the church, I'm delivering to the context of here is Jesus and here's who Jesus is. So this is who we should be for in our house of prayer. 
We want to be like Jesus. The word Christian, which is a, a label that society throws around really loosely as anyone who kind of goes to church sort of or whatever. The word Christian literally means Christ like that. I want to be like Christ is not just some label that I'm wearing. If I'm not acting like Christ, guess what? I'm not Christian. So here's this woman, and, and she's like, how do you ask me for a drink? And Jesus is like, if you knew who I was, if you knew who I was, Fort Worth House of Prayer, if we can just reach people and help them know who he is, who he is. And not just our community. How many know sometimes we need to remind each other who he is? That's one thing I, I realized as I was going and reviewing, um, reviewing uh, the, the last few years when I've preached Vision Sunday. One thing I haven't mentioned a lot is it's just the need for community. Do you realize as much as our vision for this church is to help our community to know God, it's just as much for you and I to help each other know God. That I can hang out with you and, and as we fellowship together, we're going to grow together in Christ. And that's where we find freedom, which is our, our second point this morning is, is that Fortnite House of Prayer, our, our vision is to help others find freedom. And guess what? Even ourselves and even one another find freedom. If you look down, um, I'll continue with the story. The woman says to Jesus, sir, you have nothing to draw with and this well is deep. Um, where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and livestock. And Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will be in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said, sir, Give me this water so I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. She, she's, she's interested, but she doesn't really get it. She just doesn't want to have to walk to the well by herself anymore. Right? They don't have to be thirsty anymore. And this is what Jesus does, which, which I think we're scared to do in our society, but in, in our Christian culture. Jesus says to her, go and call your husband. And this is when it gets real. This is when we realize why she's here by herself, why she's an outcast. Go, go get your husband. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Well, which, what's strange to me is Jesus calls out her sin. And it's not just her sin he's trying to lay his finger. It's not he's trying to say, you dirty sinner, you've had five husbands. That's not where it's at. What he's laying his finger on is her pain and what she's trying to do to cope with that pain. There's this God-shaped hole inside this woman, just like with all of us. And this woman chose to cope with man after man after man after man. And guess what? Every single person sitting in this room has had that God-shaped hole, and you've filled it with different things. Some of you have filled it with alcohol in the past. Some of you have filled it with pornography. Some of you have 
filled it with who knows. Sometimes we just Netflix, binge Netflix to fill that God-shaped hole in us. And what's crazy is the, the creator of the universe steps down and becomes a man, and he's here talking to this woman, and he says, I see your pain, and there's freedom from it, but there'll never be freedom if we don't address it. If, if I'm locked up, I'm like, I don't, I don't need to be free of this. Look, dude, don't you see you're tied up? No, I'm good. No, you've got to point out sometimes, like, look, there's, there's this thing going on in your life. You need freedom. You need freedom because she was stuck in a cycle, wasn't she? Married, divorce, married, divorce, married, divorce. Someday I'll find the one that will make me happy. She was a prisoner to the cycle. And when Jesus steps in, he offers freedom. The scripture tells us this, that you shall know the truth and the truth will do what? The truth will do what? This word is truth. And what's so amazing for this woman who's at the well, she's standing there and she's receiving the words of Christ. And as you receive the words of Christ, guess what happens? You find freedom. There's freedom in the words of Christ. That's why so many times in our disciple-making groups, what we do is once we listen to each other a little bit, we say, okay, what does the word say about what you're walking through? And as we point one another to the word, not to Drew's advice, because I'll be honest, Drew has really great advice. I don't know if you ever heard my advice, but it's some of the best around. Sometimes. Except for when it's not. And when it's not, oh boy. Then Drew's a terrible guy. But you know what is always truth and is always freedom? is this word right here. And what I'm going to tell you as a pastor when I got a hold of that, when I realized, you know what, I don't have to have all the answers to all the situations that come up in my congregation. What I do have to have is an intimate relationship with Jesus and a knowledge of his word so that when someone comes to me, I can sit with them and listen to them, and we together can go to the word and find true freedom through the truth of the word of God. That we should be a people who are so much a part of word, not should be. Let me tell you this. Not should be anything. We are a people of the word. We are a people of the word. And we will continue to be a people of the word who declare the word. I have this written in my notes today. It is the heart of Forerunner House of Prayer to declare freedom to the captive. Freedom only comes from the truth of God's word. We are a people who gather together not only to lift up the name above every other name, but we are people who gather together to declare unconditional love to those who are broken, hope to those who are lost, sight to the blind, and life to the spiritually dead. We cannot promise a life free of struggle or trouble or adversity, but we can introduce the world and remind one another of the saving goodness of our Christ and the freedom, the only true freedom, which can be found in Jesus Christ. This is where true freedom lies. It's in the words of Jesus. And as we continue, Foreign House of Prayer, to walk with one another into the future, let us continue to walk as a people who declare the word of the Lord to one another. That's why I, I love it. Like, we're, we're talking about needing healing in this, in this building today. And the reason Wes jumped up and said, can we take care of this now, is because in James it actually says, is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, anointing him with oil. And the prayer, the prayer prayed in faith will save the sick and make the sick person well. That's in the word of God. So guess what we did this morning? We 
did the word of the Lord. Sounds simple. It really is, except for when it's not. I'm going to skip forward just a, a little bit in this. Um, keep your finger there. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3, and I meant to hit this earlier in my sermon, but I got so excited. Um, it says this, it says, for I, this is Paul talking, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. And I, I want to, he's about to launch into the gospel, but I want to pause here for a second because I see two really important verbs here and something like verbs. Um, we're not in school, Pastor Drew. It's okay. I got you. All right. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. And what gets me about this is he said, this is first importance. And what is he doing with what's in first importance? He's delivering it after he received it. Forerunner house of prayer, let me declare a vision for you this morning. That you will continually receive the word of the Lord and then deliver it. Receive it and deliver it. That, that's who we are in our core. If, if you see a pond, we have a, we have a pond out there at the house, and sometimes it just gets nasty. And it's because water will flow into it and flow into it, but never flow out of it. And it just kind of stagnates and gets nasty. And then, you know, we're out there scooping crud off the top of it, trying to make it usable. That's the same thing with us and our souls. You receive it. You, if you come in here Sunday after Sunday, or you sit in your quiet time, you receive and you receive and you receive and you never give, friends, you'll stagnate. But this is what Jesus said. He says, we have rivers of living water that should be flowing out of us. Uh, Will, he loves this. He's, that's his whole thing. It's like just water just exploding from his chest, right? That is us. That's a great visual of who we are, that we are rivers of living water just bursting forth as we receive. That's what Jesus said. Um, as freely as you've received, what? Freely give. With what? With everything. What about with money? Yep, with money. Oh, there's a pastor talking about money. Oh, just wait. We haven't even... We're going to talk about money this year. Not yet. Um, but we will at some point. You receive, freely receive, freely give. What about talent? As you receive talents... Freely give your talents. If you've received joy, man, share some of that joy. How many of you know there's sometimes just picking up the phone and calling someone and sharing a joy that you have? Jamie did it to me yesterday. She was fired up. And I think she was disappointed that I, I was trying to match her energy. I mean, she was so excited. And she shared with me. But it encouraged my heart for today because she was like, we have to tell people about Jesus. And I'm like, yes, we absolutely do. She was sharing that joy. And it makes me feel good that our youth pastor cares that there's a world that needs Jesus. As freely as you received, freely give. Well, what did Paul receive? What did he deliver that he had received? And, and look at this. It says that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture, that he was buried, 
that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the 12, and then he appeared to 500 more, and it just keeps going on like that. And what I love is the way he repeats in this, according to the scripture, according to the scripture, which is what we just said, is that the scripture, the word of the Lord is what sets us free. So if you're going to deliver anything to people, deliver the word of the Lord. And he ministers the gospel here. What is the gospel? That Christ died for our sins. Do you realize our sins separate us from God? We talk about find freedom. It's our sin that keeps us from having freedom. Uh, We just got a new puppy. Oh, my. I, I forgot what I was getting myself into when we got this dog. And, oh, my. It's... It's been rough, guys. I'm not going to lie. It's been rough. Um, It's like having a newborn, but not. Um, And this dog will just walk off someplace and just poo. And then it just left for you to discover. Surprise! Um, And it's already caused problems. Um, my, My youngest got hurt. Because of it, my oldest is frequently startled because of it. Um, it's a problem in my house right now. And the temptation for this puppy is to go off into a corner and just do it where no one can see. Because that makes it okay. Right? That, that makes it fine. A- and that's... Isn't that us with our sin sometimes? Like, okay, this is going to happen, but I'll just hide it from everyone, right? And then it just stinks. Our sin just stinks. And it just smells up the whole house. We hate it. And after a while, we're like, you know what? It's just so bad. I'll just just keep doing it. It's already messed up. I'm just going to keep on. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Time to get out the shovel. And scoop that stuff away and get out the Lysol and get to cleaning. But guess what? You can't do that on your own. All your effort in the world will never clean up this mess. It can only come through the blood of Jesus Christ. Only through the blood of Jesus can we be free from our sin. That's the only disinfectant that will take the stench away. And what's so great is this perfect Jesus who never sinned, finds us who's completely full of sin and he who knew sin becomes sin and trades with us so that we can become righteous and sinless before God. It doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. It's the worst trade-off in ever. But here's what's crazy because Jesus loves us so much. He dies for us and his sin was pain or his, his death was payment for our sin. And so this is what it says, that Christ died for our sins. The sinless man who never owed a death dies so that we can be made whole. It says he's, he died, he buried, he was buried, and he was raised, and he appeared. And you can uh, underline those verbs in your Bible. He died, he was buried, he raised, and he appeared. Can I tell you something for our house prayer? We believe that Jesus is alive. 
like today. He's as alive as you and me. Jesus is alive. He got up out of that grave. He appeared to the 12, then he appeared to 500 more as a witness, and he is alive today. And I'm going to tell you something else. He's coming again. He's coming again. And guess what? The Scripture says we better look busy when he gets here. What does that look like for Forerunner House of Prayer? What does that look like for us? Let's go back to our woman at the well. So Jesus, he points out her pain. He, he points out her prison. And he's going to declare freedom here. And he's telling her, I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. I'm the one that can take away your sin and your shame. And she tries for a moment to debate religion. And Jesus stops her in verse 25, and, and she says, I know the Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus says to her, I who speak to you am he. And then just then the disciples come back, and they marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So they were just awkwardly standing here like, what's going on? What is Jesus doing? He's doing something he's not supposed to be doing. He's talking to a Samaritan woman, but no one's going to interrupt and be like, what are you doing? And this is what I love about this in verse 28. It says, so the woman left her jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And it says they went out of town and were coming to him. Here's my third point, and this is what F-Hop is all about, discover purpose. F-Hop is a congregation of people who helps one another and others discover their purpose. Do you realize that you have a calling for your life, specifically, that you were created for a reason? I think sometimes we forget that as, as life goes on, how many know sometimes life gets boring sometimes? The grind, anybody familiar with the day in, day out grind? And you go through it, and you go through it, and you go through it, and you have this thought, what am I doing with my life? Is there more to life than this? We get up, we go to work, we come home, we eat, we watch some TV, we go to bed, or something similar to that. And we go through the daily grind, and we think, is this all that my life amounts to? Um, can, I, can I say God has a calling for you, you specifically, that you were created for a reason. And that's why I'm excited about next week, because next week we're going to launch into a, a series called Indestructible Purpose. And can I tell you, I want you to bring a friend next Sunday, because I think every human who has ever lived at some point has thought, why and why in the world am I here? Like, what is, what is the meaning of life? What is my purpose? And it's not just when life is boring and mundane. How many of you have ever had, like, something crazy and awful just happen to you? And just the whole world comes crashing in on you all of a sudden. And what's weird is in that moment, you feel the same thing. Like, why is this happening to me? Why? What's the purpose of this? Why do I have to go through this? Why is this so hard? And can I tell you, 
If you don't understand the purpose of God for your life as you're walking through those low, low, low valleys, it will destroy you and completely wreck you. But if you truly understand the purpose of God for your life, you can walk through those low valleys, the valley of the shadow of death, and you don't have to fear any evil because you understand that he is with you, you understand your purpose, and you can walk in your divine calling. Foreigner House of Prayer in 2022, I want us to be a church who not only comes to understand our own purpose individually and as a church, but to grab other people by the hand and say, let me help you discover why you were created, that you were not an accident, that God has a specific purpose and a plan for your life, and if you truly tap into it, it will completely change the way you live your life. I am more excited about this than anything. FHOP encourages men and women to hear the voice of the Lord through the word and to discover the purpose that they were created for. And I see this in the woman at the well, like she gets it. Like she's there standing with Jesus, and all of a sudden she realizes my purpose isn't just to go fetch this water, because that's what she was going to do. Like whatever she was taking care of, whoever she was helping, she left that behind, because it says she left her jar there at the well. I don't think that's insignificant. Like she so understood all of a sudden, I have a purpose, and it has nothing to do with this jar, this water, or anything else, because I have found the living water, and my purpose now is to tell other people about this living water. And so she runs back into town to say, you need to come see this man. In that moment, she's walking out her purpose. You have a purpose. The scripture is very clear. You are not an accident. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are. I was listening this week to stories of revival, and, and I was look, listening about the Hebrides revival, which transformed an entire region, the Hebrides revival. And it started because two sisters, 82 and 84 years old, began to pray for a move of God. And God heard their prayers and poof, completely transformed a region. where the churches were filled and the police stations were empty. The jails were empty because people were pursuing the Lord. I have a vision of revival in this community where God so moves among all our churches and, and specifically for in our house of prayer that, that, that we begin to see a shift in the culture of the community around Foreigner house of prayer where lives are changed. Can I tell you, I have a vision this year. I shared this with our leaders this week that here in this building, in this room, that we will see 200 people baptized in the next 365 days. Can I tell you, you, you can't passively make that happen. We can't just keep doing what we've been doing and baptize 200 people. You know what we're going to have to do? Like Jamie called me so excited about yesterday, we're going to have to start telling people about Jesus. So you, you, you got to understand that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. You need to come with me to church, not because Foreigner House, is, House of Prayer is so great, although it is pretty great, but because my Jesus is amazing and he has a plan and purpose for your life, I want you to discover what that is. I want you to discover what that is. And, and you know what's fun is we get to do this in growth track. The growth track, I get to sit down with people and we get to talk, and it's cool to see what's in people's hearts. 
And it's really neat then to watch people then begin to use the giftings that we've talked about in and serve it here in this church. And I'm going to say this. If you haven't been through Growth Track, the next time it comes up, you need to come be part of it. So that, so that you can say, you know what, how can I serve Foreigner House of Prayer? And Because it, it's not Foreigner House of Prayer. When I say Foreigner House of Prayer, I'm not talking about this building. Look around this room. Look somebody in the eyes. They are Foreigner House of Prayer. Don't look me in the eyes. I'm not Foreigner House of Prayer. They don't, if you think Foreigner House of Prayer is Drew Killingsworth, you got it all wrong. Look somebody else in the eyes, a different person. Make awkward eye contact. They are forerunner house of prayer. They are F-hop. And when you're serving F-hop, you're serving that person. And when F-hop is serving one another, we're actually serving our community and the world. This is what the Bible says. Jesus said, this is how you'll know, they'll know you're my disciples because your love for your brothers, your love for one another. And as we serve one, each, one another with outrageous faith, people will be like, you know what? They like each other. And guess what? We do most of the time. Occasionally, we have to have the Lord intervene. But he is faithful. He is faithful. So this woman discovers her purpose, and it's not in fetching water anymore. It's in telling people the, about the living water. And as she's declaring it, what happens is the whole town comes out to hear what this woman saw, and I want to skip here to the end. Worship team, can you come up here? In verse 39, I'm going to skip some stuff here. It says this, many Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. You know the one that had all the husbands? The one that should have been full of shame and hiding and doing stuff by herself? Yeah, that's not her anymore. Her identity has been transformed. Do you realize that? Well, Pause for a second. Do you realize part of your purpose is in a transformed identity? Oh, no, I'm preaching my sermon series. Just a little bit, all right? Do you realize part of your purpose is having a transformed identity? And it's not, you know, I really need to change myself. No, it's you finding out who Jesus is. When you really get your eyes on Jesus and discover who he is, you'll really find out who you are. It'll completely transform your identity, and you are no longer the woman at the well who's ashamed of herself and going out in the middle of the day sneaking off to get water. Oh, I hope nobody sees me. I hope nobody sees me. Now you're the woman running into town going, I found Jesus. I'm like, wait a minute. Aren't you that woman that, you know, you know. No, that's not Maybe you think that's who she is, but she knows that's not who I am. I know who I am. I'm the woman that saw the Messiah. You, Foreigner House of Prayer, you are people who have seen the Messiah. Wes, you have seen the Messiah. Courtney, you have seen the Messiah. When you do that, that changes who you are. When you are changed, you leave everything else behind to do what the Lord has told you to do. And this comes to our our last point. First one's know God. Second's find freedom. The third one is discover your purpose, which we're going to spend a month or two on coming up here. You need to bring a friend to find their indestructible purpose next week. The last one is this, is make a difference. All of us want to make a difference. No one wants to feel like their life is meaningless. All of us want to feel like what we do matters, that we make a difference. What I'm telling you, when you surrender your life to Christ, when you really buy in 
to this vision that you will make a difference. Listen to what happens with this woman in verse 39. It says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. What was her testimony? He told me all I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days in, in this place where Jews aren't supposed to be. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that indeed that he is the Savior of the world. This woman's word, her testimony, made a difference in their lives. That that woman can now walk around town and she can see different people that are living a changed life and know, I had a part of that. I was a part of that. I made a difference. I made a difference. I, I don't mean to embarrass you, Sammy, but I said that to you this morning when you walked in. Sammy was one of my students when she was a third grader and then a seventh grader and now a seventh grader high schooler. Now she's in college and, and last last year, the end of last year, she came and was baptized in this church. Like, that does something to me to realize what I do matters. Because even me sometimes, I question, does any of this matter? When you're dealing with all the stuff that goes on and with churches and organizations and administration and all the stuff you have to do, does any of it matter when you're working your job, the nine to five and does any of it matter? What Jesus is saying is, yes, it matters that you will reap in due season if you don't get weary, if you don't give up, if you don't faint. There's a harvest coming. That's why this year I believe for our house prayer, I believe with all my heart that we will see 200 people baptizing this church. And it's not going to happen from us just hoping it happens. We're going to have to start declaring Jesus, just like the woman at the well. Come and see. Come and see the one who told me everything I ever did. Come and see the man that changed my life. Come and see. Come and hang out with these crazy group of people. We'll continue to encourage one another and declare the word of the Lord to one another and live like a people who truly believe that Christ is coming back. Will you stand with me this morning? I'm so glad each and every one of you are here. You guys are such a blessing to me, and uh, and I, I'm, I'm so fired up about next Sunday. Um, I'm not just saying that to try to hype it. Like, I've been off for a month. There's so much I want to preach, and I will say this: this this sermon series coming up next Sunday. For those of you who have walked with me in my life the last year and a half, two years, this sermon series coming up is a sermon series that specifically birthed out of that season of my life. So it means a ton to me. But it means a ton to me because through it all, we know that God is faithful and he has a plan and purpose and the highest highs and in the lowest lows that he never leaves us, he never forsakes us, that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. 
be here next week expecting for God to speak to you about the purpose in your life. And grab a friend and say, okay, my pastor's preaching about finding purpose. I don't, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about finding a purpose. Like, well, let's just find something for you to do. Let's walk around here and look for, no, no, no. It's not a purpose. You have a specific purpose for your life. When you grab a hold of Jesus, it's indestructible and nothing can shake it. Father God, we come before you and we thank you so much for your love and your mercy and your grace. God, we, we're thankful that while we were yet sinners, that you died for us. We thank you that we can know you and know the power of your resurrection. God, that through your word we can find freedom. We thank you that we are called to a purpose, and that, Father God, that none of us are called to live a meaningless, meaningless life, but God, each one of us are called to make a difference. God, I pray this year, Lord God, for a harvest of souls in Forerunner House of Prayer. Lord God, you said to look up and see that the, the fields are ready for harvest. So God, we look up and we see a community that needs Jesus, and right now we are praying for the laborers to be sent in that harvest, Father God. We pray for the laborers to be sent in that harvest, God. We pray that Foreigner House of Prayer would walk into the community to declare the goodness of Jesus Christ, to say, come see a man. Come see a man. God, we thank you for the miracles. God, we thank you for the promises. We thank you for what you're going to do. God, thank you for giving us clear vision in 2022. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.